mercy and peace be unto you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He confessed and did not deny, but confessed. These are good words for us to consider on this final Sunday, the Sunday of preparation before Christmas. What does it mean to deny Christ? What does it mean to rightly confess Him? Why does it matter as we prepare and wait for Christmas? John gives us a faithful example of making a good confession. He shows us that it's impossible to go down a middle road, to remain neutral. As Christ says, whoever is not with me is against me, whoever does not gather with me scatters. Today's text presents John the Baptist as a faithful witness and a faithful confessor. John's authority of the people had grown every day. Even the highest authority felt compelled to acknowledge him. So they dispatched a distinguished delegation of priests and Levites with the question, Who are you? Had John answered, I am the Christ, the promised Messiah, without a doubt, the people would have been excited and they would have enthusiastically sworn allegiance to him as their long-awaited deliverer and king. And had John then placed himself as the head of the nation, no government would have been able to stem the tide of revolt. And in fact, the delegation expected such an answer. But what did John say? He confessed and did not deny but confessed, I am not the Christ. But they were not deterred. They kept asking, Who are you then? Are you Elijah? Are you the prophet? He answered no to their questions because they did not understand what they were asking. They did not understand that he was not Elijah come again in the flesh, but he had come in the spirit and power of Elijah. And that he was the forerunner of the Messiah. So he tells them why he had come. To prepare hearts for the Messiah through the preaching of repentance. Notice how careful John is to confess to Christ. This clear confession results in hostility. They did not see their need to repent of anything. So he confesses clearly again. I baptize with water, but among you says one you do not know. Even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. From this wonderful example of the most faithful confessor, we can also learn how we can deny Christ. Because to know how to confess Christ rightly, we also know, need to know what it looks like to deny him. Because the opposite of confession is denial. Now, John had answered that question and said, I am the Christ of the people who I am. He would have blasphemed and denied Christ. What about today? He could both deny him by saying, Well, he's just a man. He's merely a good teacher. 
called Xmas and Christmas. And most people get this wrong in the title, but Xmas should be EX, meaning without. And so he writes it like Herodotus' history. Herodotus wrote where he believed the origins of many things came from. And so he wrote this history describing a world, his own great Britain, that has all the upper trappings. They have the lights, they send Christmas cards, they give gifts, but there's no focus on Christ and most of the people. Should sound perhaps a little bit familiar. One person put it this way, it's like having a baby shower with no baby. The danger, of course, for all of us is it's easy to fall into some trap. It's easy to go through all the Christmas motions. All the things even in the world associated with Christmas. You didn't do all that and yet deny Christ. By either ignoring him or subordinating him and attributing a Christmas to a lower spot on the wrong day of Christmas season. That is it's easy to have Christmas without Christ. And perhaps behind this is apathy. Apathy to the true meaning of Christmas. Consider these words from Revelation. I know your works, but you are neither cold nor hot. I can wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say I am rich, I become wealthy and have need of nothing. And do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Counsel you to buy gold from me, refine and fire. And you may be rich. And white garments, you may be clothed. The shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. And only your eyes will sell that you may see. As many as I love are rebuked and chastened. Therefore be zealous and repent. I think one of the core issues facing the church today, including in how we handle Christmas, even how we handle going to church in the midst of a pandemic, the core issue is apathy, is a caveat. As the ancients used to call us, that is a disinterest of boredom with the holy things of God. We're bored and we just don't care. We're indifferent. We don't mind having all the trappings of Christmas as long as those make us feel good, but we're indifferent to whether or not we actually get Christ. Let us consider that more one shall have nothing to move us to that Christ. Consider John again. His good and clear confession led to hatred, imprisonment, and finally beheading. Neither enticements nor threats, neither pleasure nor grief, neither honor nor shame, neither life nor death, neither hope nor fear, neither good nor evil, could move him to deny his Lord and Master with either double talk or silence. Why? He clung to God's command to be Christ's herald. The voice in the wilderness makes straight the way of the Lord. It was love for his Savior, and love for his poor, misguided countrymen that drove him Finally, too, God's earnest threat discouraged him from subtracting or adding to God's word. He knew that whoever rejects the Lord's word, that he himself would be rejected. These are the same reasons why we should let nothing of us deny Christ knowingly. If we wish to be Christians, we have the earnest call to be Christ's heralds, to glorify his name in word and deed, and yes, even with our entire life. Whenever we deny Christ, we transgress God's holy command.
the Holy Spirit comes out of our mouth, we break our baptismal covenants. We forsake the host of believing confessors who stand under the foot of Christ's cross. Indeed, we become faithless deserters to the enemy's camp, to the world, and Satan. No matter what our excuses may be, we must always consider God's command as more important and His promises as more sure. And so too, love for our neighbor compels us. We want to make a clear confession for their sake. Because we want them to know the truth of Christ and of Christmas. Consider Christ's words. So everyone knows him before men, knows what God and our fathers in heaven. Whoever denies him before men, also denies for our fathers in heaven. What good does it do us if by denying Christ we gain the goodwill of men, the riches of the entire world, or even the entire universe? We would in the end lose it all, and our souls would be eternally lost as well. On the other hand, what do we have to lose if we, like John the Baptist, must shed our blood because we do not want to deny Christ by even one words? In place of temporal life, we be given eternal life. In place of temporal disgrace, eternal honor. In place of temporal pain, eternal joys and glories of heaven. And thankfully for us, John's clear confession of Christ does more than set an example for us. Because he is always pointing us from himself to Christ. And so, shortly after what we read, he says, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Remember, he confessed, did not deny, he confessed, I am not the Christ. And so he says constantly, Don't look at me, look to him. Don't follow me, follow him. Don't trust in me, trust in him. Repentance always includes a faith that is looking away from self and anything else until the Lamb of God, because he alone can take away your sins. God forgives you all your sins for the sake of that Lamb. Your faith that the gospel produces does not trust in your decision for Jesus or how steadfast and bold you've been in confessing faith. It trusts in his decision for you. He decided to take upon himself your body and blood. He received your human nature from his mother Mary, and he was preserved from any stain of original sin. His entire life was one of obedience and self-sacrificial love for you. He perfectly confessed the faith. He perfectly confessed his folly before the world. All for you. He lived his life perfectly fulfilling God's law for you. Out of his great love for you. So that he could offer up himself as a pure and spotless lamb for your sins. When you consider the Lamb of God was willingly slaughtered, out of his love for you, upon the cross for your guilt, sin, and shame, that he might wash away all your sin. And Jesus confesses that you are his. He does not deny you before the Father. He says, This one is bought and paid for by me. He says, I have made them my own in holy baptism. I have clothed them with my righteousness. I have fed them with my body and blood. Jesus faithfully confesses as your high priest before the Father for all eternity. As he continually makes intercession for you, he is your mediator before the Father. So we hear that he steps into our midst, and he steps into the middle of it all to be your mediator. 
How does he know me or 20 steps between worried parties so he might bring reconciliation? Christ, by his very nature, is a God-man. He's the only one who can do that for us. By virtue of who he is and by virtue of his office. And so Paul will say there's one man between God and man, the God-man, our Lord Jesus Christ. For the past 2,000 years, he's made sure that the glorious Christmas truths have been proclaimed and passed down, that you can receive them here this morning. That is, he made sure that there are those who came before you who clearly confess the faith. Now, I think we all know how weak and fickle our own hearts are, and how often we are tempted to deny our Lord. We even know how easily distracted we are from making a true confession, even at Christmas time. But Jesus Christ is the author and finisher of our faith, who by His Spirit, through His Holy Gospel, will help us make the good confession with our mouths and our lives, and will keep us steadfast in the one true faith. So the book of Hebrews says, those hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Consider what Paul says in Philippians. And I am sure of this, that he began a good work in you, will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. That is, as we prepare for Christmas, it is this truth of what Christ has done and what he is doing for us now that will sustain us and keep us in the faith. He is faithful and true. He will, he promises, bring to completion what he's already begun in you. It is how we're able to make the confession. So let us be prepared. Let us confess Christ and all he's done for us, with both our mouths and our lives. Jude ends with a wonderful benediction that declares his very wonderful promises to you. Now to him who is able to keep you, from stumbling and presenting blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. To the only God our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority, for all time and now and forever. Amen.